Welcome back to That's Cool. Week two of the preseason officially underway and officially halfway over. Uh, we got a couple games today on Sunday as this is being recorded, but obviously going to be talking about the Patriots and some other preseason events that have happened earlier this week. So first things first, just myself today. Uh, Chris could not make it today, so it's just going to be myself. First things first, Pats Panthers, obviously. As a Pats fan, this is the number one thing that we're going to discuss. We got a lot to talk about today. Deshaun Watson, Raiders, some more football stuff. So we got a lot of stuff to discuss, right? A lot of scu- or a lot of stuff to look at. So Pats beat the Panthers twenty to ten. Not a uh, nothing I wasn't expecting, considering that the Panthers we knew going into this that they weren't going to be playing their starters. We knew Mayfield or Darnold weren't going to see any reps, which to me was a shame. I really wanted to see them both in action. But we did not see it. So anyway, Patriots, Bailey Zapp to me looked very good. I know he, you know, 16 for 25, 173 yards, one pick. Not the best, but he did look pretty good. I think Bailey Zapp to me showed a lot in this preseason game. I liked the way he handled the offense. It looked like he had some zip on some passes. He did seem pretty good to me. Mac Jones went four for eight, 61 yards. Uh, I didn't think that Mag Jones and the boys looked very good, to be honest, that first team unit. Uh, they were going up against the second or third team of the Carolina Panthers, and they did not look very good, the first team offense for the Patriots. Now, I don't know for sure who was calling those play calls. I'm pretty sure it was Patricia, because a lot of times during the game, they would show Patricia with the playbook in his covering his face, you know, calling the plays. So I'm pretty sure Patricia was calling the first half offense, and it was all right. Nothing nope, Nothing that seemed like an elite offense. Mac Jones eventually got it going on that third drive where uh, Ty Montgomery, I believe, got the touchdown or they went for, they got a field goal or something like that. I don't quite remember. But yeah, the, the first team offense did not look very good. I think they were out there for three or four drives. Nothing too crazy happened. Granted, it was their first time playing this year. So obviously you're going to have some kinks and some stuff that you're going to have to work out, that's expected, right? You're, that's expected for the first team. So it's not like a red flag or anything that they didn't play to the best of their ability in that first preseason game. Brian Hoyer got in for, I think, a drive, two for three, 30 yards. Obviously not a lot to say about him. Running game, J.J. Taylor, six for six carries, 33 yards. Pierre Strong, seven carries, 23 yards. Damian, Damian Harris, three for 18. I like that. And one thing I really like that I will say is I loved how New England, they kind of switched it up, right? New England put in Damian Harris with uh, Brian Hoyer, right? They switched it up. So you might be a first team guy, but get some reps with the second team, right? See how you got to make sure that we're all intertwined, that we all are on the same page, that it doesn't matter who's in, you'll be able to play with anybody and be ready to go. So I really like that idea of Damian Harris being in with the Backup quarterback, right? I love that idea by Bill Belichick or whoever had that idea. Kevin Harris, three for 17. Montgomery, four for 13. I like Montgomery a lot this year. I think Ty Montgomery and Stevenson are going to be two guys that definitely expect to see an increased workload. Ty Montgomery seems like that versatile guy that fits in with the Patriots perfectly. But again, not a lot of sizing for both guys. I'm not expecting to see any in their last game as well. This is probably going to be the only time that we're going to see the starters playing preseason because I can't believe that they're going to play them in the last preseason game. So, yeah. For receiving, 
Humphrey, 5 for 71. Trey Nixon, 6 for 56. I like Trey Nixon a lot. He had a good game against the Giants as well. He's a bigger guy. I like Trey Nixon. Parker, you know, Tyquan Thornton. Now, this is the big thing. If you're a Patriots fan, this is the big thing that you know and you've heard about is Tyquan Thornton is out for 8 to 10 weeks with a shoulder injury. That is not very good news. It's not the end of the world for this Patriots team. It's just extremely unfortunate that you have to see your second round pick who had tremendous upside. A lot of people are saying he was doing well in practice. He looked very good. See him be out for eight to 10 weeks, stunt his growth, stunt his development. And that's just not ideal, right? You don't want to see your top guy go out for an extended period of time. It's unfortunate, but hey, I mean, he's 6'2", 180, um, or 6'3", 180, something like that. But to me, that just shows he's got to get in the weight room, put on some more size. He's too skinny, right? That's why he got hit or hurt, I should say. Unfortunate. We hope he gets, you know, we hope he heals up. But it is what it is, right? And we're going to have to move on. Again, not the end of the world, considering that we have Devontae Parker, Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Bourne, right? It's not the end of the world. But it is, you know, unfortunate to see that our number one guy or our second guy drafted is not able to. We're not able to see him develop and see him grow his game. It's going to be halted. Marcus Jones fumbled. Um, not the biggest deal. Um, it is what it is. Defensively, Bentley looked pretty decent. One thing I will say is the pass rush looked very good for the Patriots. Um, Judon had a pass deflection. Um, Lawrence Guy looked good. Uche looked good. Um, Wise looked good as well. He had a sack. Um, I think the D-line looked very good as a whole. They were definitely putting pressure on um, P.J. Washington or Matt Corral. It didn't really matter. They were putting pretty good pressure on him. We didn't get a huge sample size in. Or actually, I'd say we got a bigger sample size in from the first team defense than we did the first team offense. Defense obviously looked good, but if you know anything about football, you know the defense is usually usually progresses before the offense progresses. Like the defense is usually good and is in a good spot before the offense is the offense usually takes more time. So that's not a big concern for anybody. Um, Mac Wilson looked pretty good as well. I think he looked good. Uh, who had that pick? I forget who had the pick, but I think it was, was it Wade? No, Sam Roberts had a perfect r- jump. He jumped the route nicely. Pick six. I believe it was a pick six. Um, no, it wasn't a pick six. My bad. Sean Wade did have a pick. That was Sean Wade. I said it before. I think Sean Wade is going to be a very good corner. Um, I don't remember where they got him because I don't think they drafted him. But Bal- actually, yeah, Baltimore picked him in 2021 in the fifth round. He was a free agent. Pats picked him up. He's looked pretty good. He has looked pretty good. Um, he looked good against the... Um, Against the Giants, he had a couple pass deflections, forced some incompletions. And then he also, with the pick tonight, Sean Wade is, I guarantee you Sean Wade's going to make this team, and I guarantee you that Sean Wade could be a corner of the future. I'm telling you, Sean Wade, keep an eye on this kid because he's looked pretty damn good in preseason. So, yeah, that's about it for New England. I think that the first-team offense obviously looks stagnant. Defense looked pretty good. But, again, it sucks going up against second- and third-team guys if you're the Pats playing your starters because... If I'm Carolina, you're not getting better, right? You're just putting your third third and fourth string guys against a first and second team. 
you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get better, right? And the first and second team guys aren't gonna get better either. So I think that was pretty stupid on Matt Rule's part. But nevertheless, we'll talk about him. PJ Washington or PJ Walker, eight for fifteen, one hundred seven, two picks. Matt Corral, nine for fifteen, fifty eight yards. Not much for him. Chubba Hubbard, six for twenty two. They couldn't run the ball, which was a good sign for Pats fans, considering that our run defense last year was horrendous. Again, I know it's preseason. I know it's preseason. I know our number ones were going up against number threes and fours. I get that. But still, and some twos with Chubba Hubbard. I get that. But still, whenever you can get a win, you take your win. You want your win. And I think that's a win, right? Make sure that they have no one over four yards of carry. Always a good thing. Something good to build on. Receiving-wise, they did pretty good as well here too. No one with more than three catches. Keith Kirkwood for them got targeted seven times. Two catches, that's it. The secondary looked very good at all levels. So that's a very prom that's very promising, right? For Pats fans. Um again, I know it's early. I know it's preseason. I go I know you're going up against twos and threes and fours, more threes and fours, but still, you take anyone you can get and you take anything that you can't to build on. And I think this is definitely something that they will build on. And I think it was great. I really do think it was great. Now, Deshaun Watson. Right, because that's basically it for the Patriots. We know that in their last preseason game, they're going to be taking on the Raiders, which is actually going to be. I actually can't wait to watch that. That should be interesting. That's on the twenty sixth, uh, this Thursday, I believe, or Friday, I believe, one of the two. But anyway, now Deshaun Watson. So they settled on eleven games, five million dollar settlement between the NFL and NFLPA. I think that is an absolute win for Deshaun Watson. I don't I don't like like this title. Deshaun Watson QB suspended, blah, 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 after settlement. I don't like that. I don't like how he got to settle, how he had a say in what his suspension was. I don't like that at all. I think the NFL is wrong for that. But I will say one thing. Deshaun Watson, if you're Deshaun Watson right now, you're happy as can be. You're ecstatic. You got off possibly one of the worst scandals the NFL has seen. And you got off with just 11 games and 5 mil. That's 5 mil is nothing to Deshaun Watson, right? He just got a $250 million contract. He don't care about 5 million bucks. 5 million bucks isn't going to be a big deal to him. He don't care. 11 games. Listen, you don't even have to make the playoffs this year. You can come back, get better those last six games, and then prepare for next season. And you can get a good pick, good players, and improve even there. I mean, I don't think this is a bad bad at all for the for the Browns and Deshaun Watson. And who knows? Maybe they do find a way to make the playoffs. You never know, right? You never know. But for Deshaun Watson, this is insanely nice for him, right? He was talking a year. He was talking potentially two years. He was talking maybe even life gone. All right, if you're Deshaun Watson, you are ecstatic about this. If you're the NFL, come on, man. They also said, quote from Jake Trotter of ESPN, uh, Watson will also pay a $5 million fine and undergo mandatory evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their suggested team team or treatment program. Excuse me. What does that mean? You know what I mean? That's not going dis- to that's not going to change anything. He's going to show up there and he's just going to say yeah, 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 yeah. And if, even if let's say he went to these treatment programs and he didn't show signs of changing or he wasn't doing what the NFL wanted him to do, what are they going to do? Not play him? Absolutely not. This is just a PR thing for the NFL to look like, hey, we're doing something to change this young man. We're doing something to address the situation. They're not doing anything to address the situation. I think the NFL knows that. 
But I don't. I think they think that we're too dumb to know that. I think they're too dumb. They think that we're too dumb to look at that and say, oh, he's actually not going to go. He's actually not going to care. That treatment's not going to do anything. They think, oh, yeah, he's going to go. He's going to do something. No, it's, it's a joke. It's a PR move from the NFL. But I think this is another bad look on the NFL. Goodell protests the six-game suspension, saying it was not enough. Then you up it to only 11 games. That's not a big difference, six to 11 games. I know some people have said, oh, this is a big, this is a very big, you know, suspend. this is a very big difference. This is very big for the suspension. This is a big suspension. It's not. It really isn't. Six games, 11 games in an, in an NFL season, yeah, it's a lot, right? 17 games, 11 games is about three-fourths to four, three-fifths of that season, right? It's a big portion of the season. But to me, it's no different whether it's six or 11. I think it's all the same thing. I think anything less than a year was wrong, in my opinion. And I don't think that the NFL capitalized on their opportunity to save their image and to do the right thing. You know, they talk about how much they care about women's rights and they care about women. Well, they didn't do anything for women here. They just basically said, we don't care about women. We need our star quarterback, a star in this league to get on the field. I don't, I disagree with it completely. Um, if I'm Calvin Ridley, I would definitely wish I did something to a woman or did something different because you clearly wouldn't have been suspended a year. That's the message that the NFL is sending with this Deshaun Watson suspension of only 11 games. I think it's wrong and I think it's awful. But isn't it also weird? In a not, this is not a coincidence, right? No one really believes that this is a coincidence, right? Where he will watch the suspension takes effect August 30th when the NFL team cuts down to the roster limit of 53 players. He will be eligible for reinstatement November 28th and will be available to play for the Browns again in week 13 when Cleveland faces his old team, the Houston Texans, on the road. Is that a coincidence? No one really believes that the reason he got 11 games is because the NFL wants the big money event of, oh, Cleveland playing Houston, right? That's just another game of the season where where otherwise no one would really care about it, where people will care about it, people will buy the tickets, people will want to watch that game a lot just to see Deshaun Watson get crapped on. So I think this is horrible. I think this is not good. I think that this is, in my opinion, disgraceful from the NFL. Goodell knows it. The people know it. And I think it's just Ron in general. Um, I think it's awful, but it is what it is. Like I've been seeing people say, oh, Deshaun Watson suspension. How will it cost him $5.69 million? How could it affect his massive new contract? It won't. It's not. It's not going to affect anything. So I think the NFL really missed out on an opportunity to show its image and show where it stands on some issues and show that we take players off the field antics very important and we take pride in our players and their image that they portray of us as a league and they have not showed that. They have not showed that time and time again. It's been evident with Calvin Ridley. It's been evident with Kareem Hunt. It's been evident with Ray Rice. The Ray Rice one was the only one that they did correct, to be honest with you. But this is a, just a situation that is completely horrible. And the NFL should be ashamed, in my personal opinion. So now, another big news conversation that came out yesterday, I believe. John Gruden... In Tom Brady and that whole situation with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and the Las Vegas Raiders. So, from what I was, from what I've read, UFC Commissioner Dana White told Rob Gronkowski and the and the Gronks tonight 
that he orchestrated a deal for the Raiders to sign Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. The blockbuster deal would have been the biggest in NFL history. This is also coming from the spun by Sports Illustrated by Eric Alec Arned, which was posted 12 hours ago. So essentially, Dana White had this contract ready to go, but John Gruden did not want Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski playing for his Las Vegas Raiders. Why? I couldn't tell you. Um, Dana White killing Gruden about how he blew it not getting Brady Gronk to Vegas. Yeah. I think it's crazy to me that Dana White... I think it's crazy that Dana White um, made that contract, made that even a possibility. I love Dana White. I think he's a great guy. I'm not even going to talk about the UFC at the end of this NFL talk just because it's so insane and such a big thing to talk about. But... I think John Gruden is an idiot for this. I think it just shows his ego and his, I don't want to say narcissistic tendency, but definitely an ego-driven tendency, right? If you don't want to bring in Tom Brady, if you don't want to bring in Rob Gronkowski, to me, it shows it's an ego thing. It shows that, hey, this is my team, and I don't want people to forget that I'm in charge. I don't want people to think that if we win because of Brady, it's all because of Brady. No, it's got to be about John Gruden with the Raiders. That's personally my opinion. We know that John Gruden has screwed up a lot in his career. I think everyone knows that. So I don't, it's not really surprising to me that he screwed this up, right? And who knows how differently the NFL would have been if the, if the Raiders had both guys. So something we'll never know. Definitely something that's crazy to think about. Uh, this just makes John Gruden look more and more like an idiot. Who wouldn't want Tom Brady and who wouldn't want Rob Gronkowski? So, just crazy. There's some more news that is insane. Obviously, looking at preseason, last NFL topic right now. Looking at preseason, Saturday or Friday, you know, Saints-Packers. No one in that game really stood out to me. Yet to see a Packers wide receiver that steps up to the plate. Because, again, a lot of talk is who's going to be that wide receiver for the Packers, right? Who's it going to be? Considering Devontae Adams is gone, who is it going to be? No one really, in my opinion, separated themselves. Um, Rodgers didn't even play, so you really didn't even get an idea of who Rodgers was maybe leaning towards and who he was favored in. So you couldn't really find a lot from that game. Texans, Rams, uh, not a lot to say here. Although, yeah, not a lot to say. Um, David Mills looked not bad. To be honest, not terrible. But the number ones didn't really play for the Rams. Nico Collins did not look bad for the Texans. Four catches, 48 yards, one tutty on six targets. Not bad, in my opinion, for Nico. Uh, the former Michigan man, I believe. Not terrible, but definitely not. You didn't get anything out of this game, to me, for fantasy, that would make you want to draft anybody more. Again, Nico Collins looked good, but not enough to say this is a guy that you want to look at. Bucks game, nothing very, nothing really happened either. Right, Malik Willis played. I think that Malik Willis will be the starter by the end of the year. That's my hot take. He looked okay, seven for 17, 80 yards, one tutty. I think that you will see Malik Willis be the starter. Um, but yeah, not a lot happened in this game. Reggie Robertson Jr. four catches, forty-seven yards, five targets was the leading guy for Tennessee. Again, not a whole lot to go off of in this. Um, 
So yeah, not a, you'd think in the second preseason game that a lot more teams would be playing their starters more, considering that you only have three three preseason games. So you'd think they would get more work, but I guess not. I guess they wouldn't. But some teams it did let their guys get work. Josh Allen got some work against the Broncos where they killed him. James Cook looked good. Uh, four carries, 38 yards, 9.5 average. Raheem Blackshear, five carries, 58 yards. Duke Johnson, nine carries, 55 yards. Devin Singletary, four carries, 39 yards. The reason I'm saying on this is because I'm staying away from the Buffalo backfield. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to pick any guys. And even James Cook. I know a lot of people like James Cook. A lot of people probably think that James Cook is a guy that you would probably want on your team. Me personally, I'm not going for it. I don't think that James Cook is necessarily somebody who is going to be that much of a game changer. In a dynasty, maybe, but right now I'm not liking it at all. Gabriel Davis, 2 for 47 digs, 2 for 33. Again, you didn't see much. Um, Crowder, 2 for 21. Crowder could be a a sleeper guy. If you're in a deeper league, he might be somebody that you want to pick up as a bench wide receiver. But again, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Denver, they didn't play any starters, so you didn't really see... Anybody for Denver that would give you any uh, impact for fantasy. Lions, Colts, um, not much either. Sam Ellinger looked good, 9 for 11, two touchdowns. He actually looked really good, but again, not really going up against the number one guys for Detroit. Neither guys had their number ones in, so hard to really get a look. Desmond Patman, five catches, 103 yards, one touchdown. He looked good for the Colts, um, for the Lions, not much. Um, Tom Kennedy did have two touchdowns. Actually, Tom Kennedy has looked. He's from Bryant, where I'm going this fall, in a couple weeks, actually. He's actually looked pretty decent, Tom Kennedy. He's 26. He's in his second season. He does not look bad, actually. You won't expect to draft this guy. Don't expect to pick him up. But you never know with the Lions what could happen. Um, this preseason... How did he look? I know he, I think he had a hundred plus yard game against the, um, whoever they played last week. Who did they play last week? Let me, let me find that real quick. Lions. Who did the Lions play in their first preseason game? They played the Falcons and I'm pretty sure he had a pretty big game against the Falcons. Uh, yeah, he had eight catches for 104 yards. So this Kennedy kid, again, 104 yards. Yeah, he catches 104 yards, 104 yards on 13 targets. Again, I'm not saying go draft Kennedy in your fantasy football leagues. That's not what I'm saying. But you never know. Just somebody to keep an eye out for him. Who knows? Maybe he gets some more looks. Maybe he pops off. You don't really know. But Kennedy looked pretty good, right? Looked pretty good. Um, For the Chiefs, Mahomes looked insane. He played a lot, actually. 12 for 19, 162, two touchdowns. What you expect from Mahomes. Sam Howell, a little bit more down to earth. 10, 10 for 18, 122, one pick. Um, Shane Bouchel, hope, hopefully I said the right, 5 for 35 for the Chiefs. Not a lot running the ball that you get a good uh, you know indication of who's going to be the running back there. Uh, Brian Robinson, 8 for 31. Gibson, 2 for 3. Gibson didn't really get a lot of work. Uh, starters weren't in for 2 2 long. Um, Travis Kelsey, 2 for 32. Cornell Powell, 4 for 35. On the 
Washington football side, Gibson three for thirty-seven in the passing game, which is actually something that you want to see. If you're if you're going to draft Gibson, which I don't recommend, you have to make sure that he gets his value in the pass game. But it's definitely something I wouldn't recommend. I would stay away from Gibson as much as possible in all leagues. I would not take him in PPR in nothing. I don't want Gibson on my team. Raiders, Dolphins. Uh, Raiders went 3-0 in the preseason. That's a good building step for Josh McDaniels. Uh, starters did not play in this game, and I don't know if this is their last preseason game. I assume it is, but that's not good if your starters did not get some work in this last game. Tua, 6-for-8, 58 yards, not bad. Gaskin, 4-for-12. Uh, uh, Salvan Ahmed, hopefully I said that right, 5-for-20. Not much going on there. Britton Brown, 9-for-70 for the Raiders. Um, not much happening for this team. Um, Miles Gaskin did fumble, which is not good for Miles Gaskin. Somebody who a couple years ago, two years ago, I believe actually was a guy that brought one of my teams to the playoffs. My team was very injury prone. McCaffrey was out. My team was pretty bad and he kind of carried as the, at that running back two position to help bring me to the playoffs in that league. I did lose in the first round of the playoffs but I would rather get to the playoffs than not. So it's kind of a shame to see Miles Gaskin kind of fall off from a pretty decent season he had in that around 2020-2019-ish area. In this, in the Niners-Vikings game, again, not much. Uh, Ty Chandler, 5 for 19. Not expecting to see him take the backup role from Alexander Madison, but again, not much on both sides here. Um, kind of a nothing game that I took away from that. Um, and then Jag Steelers. This is actually this is actually a pretty decent game, meaning that you did see Trevor Lawrence four for twenty one, one hundred thirty three. Um, Kenny Pickett six for seven, seventy six yards, touchdown. Kenny Pickett looks pretty good. Now I'm not saying he's going to be the day one starter, but he does look pretty good. Kenny Pickett looks like a guy that you might not want to draft in a regular league, but in a dynasty league. Nothing wrong with picking him up, putting him on the bench for a year or two, and let him sit there. Definitely not a bad idea. Etienne, 8 for 29. Um, didn't see much other from than that. Um, didn't see him in the passing game, which was something that kind of upset me. You know, I really wanted to see maybe if they use him in the passing game. They really didn't. Christian Kirk, 5 for 54. Somebody who I think is going to be an underrated fantasy target this year is uh, Christian Kirk. Could definitely see him getting some reps. Um. Not a lot from the Pittsburgh number ones. Obviously, George picking two for six. Not a very good game. But again, I don't know how much he actually played. So we're not going to assume. Again, I didn't watch these games. I'm just going off what their stats looked like. And usually from a statistic standpoint, you can see who's somebody who could become something, who couldn't become, become something. So then the last game, obviously, was Cowboys-Chargers. A lot of people were talking about this Um kid what was his name Rick, Rick uh, Rico Dowell 13 carries 44 yards one touchdown he also had a return returning touchdown um no that wasn't him actually excuse me that was Kevonte Turpin one uh 96 yard kick return to the house I don't know what he plays he plays running back I believe he had one carry for seven yards you know not a lot but um, looking at the rushing for the Chargers, um, not a lot. 
Kelly, seven for eighteen or seven for eighteen, two point six, not good. Receiving wise, Michael Bandy, eight catches, sixty nine yards, a touchdown. Don't really know who he was working with. Well, he was working with backups, but that's pretty good. Cowboys, not a lot. So yeah. That's going to wrap it up for the NFL news section. Basically wrap it up for all the NFL. Nobody really um, nobody really looked that insane to me. You know what I mean? Nobody really sticking out as somebody who's like a must draft in fantasy. Haven't seen that yet. I'm sure we'll see it soon. Or actually, probably won't because this was the last, one of the last preseason games. The second preseason game comes up. Next week, obviously, the last preseason game, but I doubt that you'll be seeing anybody really playing that game. I'm not expecting to see starters and stuff like that. So it's going to be really tough to see how it all pans out. Um, now, the UFC, I said I was talking about the UFC. I'll talk about the UFC just for a brief moment before we wrap it up here. Leon Edwards defeats Kamaro Usman. I just got to say, wow. Um, I'm not the biggest... UFC analysis. I don't know that much about the UFC. I do watch it. I did watch it last night. Um, I don't. I have wrestled, but I don't. You know, do jujitsu or any of that stuff. So I'm not going to just knock anybody in the UFC. Um, it was a great kick from Edwards, and from what I gained and from what I saw, I think Usman was winning that fight. But it just so happens that. He got caught with a great kick, great place kick from uh, Leon Edwards. And I mean, that stuff happens. I don't know much about the sport, like I've said, but I do know one thing that in this sport, anything can happen at any given moment, right? All these guys are dangerous. All these guys have knockout power. I mean, I think it's four ounce gloves, so that's pretty light, right? And these guys are all dogs. They're all fighters. They're all warriors. So definitely something that you know, you, you don't take it lightly. You don't take anyone in this game lightly. He did have more strikes. Usman, he landed 77% of them. He had 189 out of 247, where Edwards only had 64 out of 85. Still landed the same amount of volume, but percentage-wise, but way more for Usman. Usman with five takedowns compared to Edwards' one takedown. And I didn't like how a lot of people said that that was Usman's first time being taken down. I think Kobe took him down in that second fight. Not to the level that Edwards did, but... Still took him down. Um, and then obviously the one knockdown, but Kamar Usman, 83 strikes to 100 and 100 out of 135, 55 for 75 for Edwards. Edwards landed more of them, 73% of his strikes compared to 61% of Usman's. But I do think that Usman would have won this fight. He just put out way more volume, right? Inflicted way more damage or not maybe not damage, but he inflected way more. And I think Usman would have won if he didn't get caught by such a great kick. But again, I mean, that stuff happens. Like I said earlier, you know, I'm not an expert, but I do know that in this game, anything can happen. I've watched a lot of UFC, so I've seen a lot of guys like McGregor lose to Diaz, where everyone's in the first fight. You know what I mean? He get knocked out by Poirier. Anything can happen. Nobody's untouchable. Nobody's invincible. So, you know what happens? Crazy kick. I love to see Edwards win. I'm not an Usman hater. I don't disrespect. I don't not like Usman. I do like Usman, but I always like seeing the champion lose. I don't know why. I always like seeing a new guy win. Obviously, there'll be a trilogy here. I think there should be a trilogy here. I think Usman would win that trilogy, even if it is in London where Edwards is from or where he fights out of. But I don't think that 
this is a big loss for this is a big loss for Usman, obviously, but he, he's going to bounce back. He's a championship guy. He's a tough guy. He's going to bounce back, no doubt. He was the pound for pound number one for a reason, and you're not just going to, you know, not show up. And if they have a trilogy, you're just not going to cry and run away. No, no, no. That's not what he's going to do. So great fight, um, crazy ending, crazy man. It's insane. But hey, that's why the UFC is a great sport. It's why it's my second favorite sport, honestly. Um, football, then UFC, because you never know what's going to happen in the UFC. You never know. Anything's possible. Anything can happen. So it's definitely great. Hats off to Leon Edwards. Congratulations on his win. Usman, I'm sure he'll be back. And I would not expect anything different from him. He'll get in the gym, fix his corrections, simple mistakes. He'll probably say it was, you know, easy changes. And then... You'll see a trilogy, hopefully, in England, which will be insane to watch. So, without further ado, that's going to wrap it up for me, guys. Um, hope you guys have a great, had a great weekend. Hope you guys have a great, West, uh, great week. And without further ado, I'll see you guys later. Peace.